0: I'm at six with almost cars A cars Enforce my friends is violence The supreme authority from which all other authority is derived And you know There is something
1: very important that we need to do as soon as possible Don't you blame the movies Movies don't create psychos Movies make psychos for creative!
0: Hello and welcome. Um, this is the Parents Guide podcast where we analyze movies with a focus on sex and violence. This is season one uh, where we focus on movies from the 1990s. And today we're looking at a big one when it comes to sex and violence, which is Basic Instinct from 1992, directed by Paul Verhoeven. And uh, I have a guest today, as always. And my guest today is uh, Karim Balach, who is someone I got to know through Instagram, through uh Yeah, talking about movies, discussing movies, and I'm happy he joins me today. Oh, and I'm
1: happy to join you on one of your first episodes. I'm very excited.
0: Yes, again, I'm really happy to have you here. Uh, It was almost, um, I don't know, almost obvious that I would ask you, uh, because I know we have, uh, I I wouldn't say similar tastes, and maybe that would be the wrong word, but uh, we we could discuss many movies uh, over the last couple of months, uh, I would say, and, and then I know we would have no problem discussing this movie. Before we get into our main movie, I have a question that I ask uh, every guest. And um, because we talk about sex and violence and because my podcast is called Parents' Guide, which is about, uh, in a way, kind of a sneaky way of talking about how parents worry about what their kids watch. When it comes to sex and violence, is there a movie that you remember that uh, disturbed you in any way that you watched too early when it came to sex and violence that comes to mind spontaneously?
1: Well, I think the first sex scene that really disturbed me was uh requiem for a dream oh,
0: well, uh, yeah. Okay. the
1: infamous double dillo yes. scene uh, by jennifer Carvey. because that was and not because of the sexual content i mean i was let me guess i was making my finishing school so maybe i was 17 or 18 when i saw it so mm-hmm. i wasn't too young but and i mean obviously i had seen such stuff before on yeah. the internet but the emotional impact of the scene so mm-hmm. so basically for me it, it always has been what it does emotionally not necessarily what happens on the screen but i'm also not someone who searches out the most outrageous stuff you know like something like uh, cannibal holocaust or something like i don't i don't see the big value for me to watch stuff like that and violence yeah i also have a good stomach for that (laughs) I, i always wanna i think Maybe I, I know that the first movie I was afraid of was Nightmare on Elm Street, but it was not the violence. It was more mm-hmm. uh, more like mm-hmm. the, the scary stuff, which was mm-hmm. crammed it so well. And like the the Fountain of Blood when Johnny Depp dies, that was like okay, that's like that's neat, like the teenager reaction, like oh that's that's neat. But uh, <laughs> the scary stuff was real. So I have said like um, violence shocking. I think Saving Private Ryan because also like the oh, okay. the, the impact because it, mm-hmm. it it didn't feel like movie violence. You know, it was really the, I guess I had to be 15, something like that. And I mean, it came out in 1998. So, okay, that was 10, so I wasn't watching that, of course. But uh, <laughs> so later, when, like, the first friend had a big brother who had the VHS back then. And uh, mm-hmm. then, of course, I made the rounds with all the friends. And uh, to see, like, people have their guts out there and crying for their moms. That stuff, it was really, like, okay, I haven't thought about, hadn't thought about war like that, even though I was growing up when the... Um, Bosnia war was happening and we were sending stuff on Christmas uh, through school you know stuff like that so I was Mm -hmm. aware of war but like really visualizing it like that that was like I think the first shock Mm -hmm. Uh, but like a slasher stuff that was always like eh, I could easily distance myself like okay Okay, you know
0: it's supposed to be fun okay but so no no childhood trauma when it comes to movies in any way when it comes to sex and violence i mean that's good for you if that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no
1: i think my parents were uh, pretty uh, good in watching what i would watch mm-hmm. i mean it was good, also yeah. helpful that like m- my dad was a pretty big movie guy when he was younger but not anymore when i was around so mm-hmm. that was always like in hindsight it's really weird. So, but one time I was like uh, annoyed that my parents' VHS collection of taped and copied from the video store tapes Mm -hmm. was so unorganized. So I was like, ah, we have a computer now. I'm going to do a list and print it and I can hang it (laughs) uh, on the shelf there. And then was like, my dad was like, okay, there's like, a few videos you cannot watch which was like terminator which was uh, in its uncut form it was uh, i think one fulci movie uh zombie oh, wow. two which one, I, I never know which ones the, and carrie and sorry and i was like a nice enough kid that was like oh my dad said i can't watch this so i won't watch it <laughs> so i really had them and then I, I think with 14 i wanted to watch the exorcist because i was getting to be mm-hmm. interested in movies and my dad said okay i remember that i think you can handle it but i watch it with you Mm-hmm. And before, I think the most violent stuff I saw before was uh, was the James Bond movies. But one one anecdote I have is um, my father was watching a film in the living room, and I was less than ten, I guess. And I was I came into the living room, and there was a guy who was uh, hanged from a from a lamp And in the movie, everyone was oh my god, oh my god, he's dead. Or something I, I don't know. Maybe I was six seven i watch him and i don't get the big deal he's just hanging there what's, what's everyone so, <laughs> so up? And my dad was just like i was just asking a question like where's the da-da-da? and he's like there yeah, you go in the kitchen and I'm like, okay <laughs> so and then three or four years ago i watched uh a bruce lee film i hadn't seen i think it was the big boss and the scene comes up and i'm shouting to my wife oh my god you remember when i told you that's the, scene, that's the movie <laughs> so i found actually how much movie it was I really like, okay, it was really a disturbing scene, but it was really like, I don't get the idea. But I was like, ah, okay, yeah, they hang a guys. So, of course, it's it funny. Was... That's, that's a funny story. <laughs> I really like, I wasn't having a concept of hanging somebody.
0: So, like you avoided childhood trauma by not knowing what was actually going on, basically. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. So that's
1: interesting. I have I have the typical Disney traumas, you know, like Mufasa dying. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so sad, stuff like that. Um, i mean which is also no violence idea. right if you if you yeah if you true speaking right i mean true. You... yeah yeah even 90s violence but uh yeah but it never feels as violent you know but it, i
0: mean killing your brother by throwing him off a cliff yeah pretty violent <laughs> Really think about it. It it wouldn't be as traumatizing to so many kids if just someone had said that, if just someone had said, oh, you know, he died. Yeah. yeah. But actually, seeing in a way, seeing or in the implication of the death is what is so traumatizing to many kids. So I think that it is actually violence. Uh, Yeah. Of course, but, you're right. When we when we talk about violence, we think of horror movies and action movies and stuff like that. But I mean, there is violence in so many movies that we don't really think about that much. And I think this, this is actually a good example.
1: Yeah.
0: Or oh, in The Little Mermaid, when uh, Ursula gets
1: uh, stabbed yeah. by yeah. a ship. I mean, like, I'm just thinking about like when we talk about it, it's like, wow, that's actually a pretty violent scene. Everything. Yes, it is. Like I'm yes. not watching. When would I allow my son to watch that? <laughs> like with the, mm-hmm. with the eyes of an adult. But as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, they defeated the evil witch. Yay! I think that scene was like, okay, the big scary monsters is uh, defeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but also with the lighting, it was also more the emotional impact afterwards. Uh, like when uh, when Simba is there and he's trying to move his father. You know, like when yeah. he said, like, come on, Dad, get up, get up. I was like, oh my God. I actually had in my, um, at university, um, I studied psychology and we had a seminar where it was about emotions and mm-hmm. there was one theme for a presentation where it was like, um, eliciting emotions through movies and I was like mm-hmm. oh, I have to get that I have to get that presentation and yes I like, yeah I need it I need it and I got it <laughs> and they used in the study that I had they used uh, the death of Bambi's mother yes and, um, classic example was, yeah but I was re-watching it with my uh, presentation partner and we were like yeah it's not that horrible actually if you look at it today it's, I mean, like, it's not very explicit yeah, he's running away. You hear the shot, and then his father comes. Your mother is dead. Come with me. Cat, stream, birds chirping. It's like okay, that's not. How. And I was like, okay, let's let's look how Mufasa is working. And like three people in the seminar were crying. When we show yes. the scene, yeah, I was like, okay, maybe I should contact the authors. Like this, this scene scene works pretty well. Yeah, it, I, oh, yeah I mean, Disney. that's a good
0: example of how the violence ramped up in in the depiction, even in Disney movies. You know, because you're right, right? If you look at the '40s movies and and which also traumatized children for decades, yeah. but things became more intense definitely over the years especially in the, in the 90s movies yeah. okay uh, but we, we're not talking about a disney movie today maybe that's no. something for another no. time <laughs> which I, I think again would also work for this podcast because i think almost any movie would work for this podcast and i, I that's why i like your example because the lion king would perfectly fit here because there's a lot of um Im- shown and and uh, implied violence that actually has a big impact i would even argue and we, let's not fall too, too deep into the lion king rabbit uh, hole but like, there's also implication of sex in the lion king which uh, mm-hmm. always fascinates me when i look at it like when when simba and uh, what's her name um nana? nana roll around in the grass and look at each yeah. other with like very horny eyes I, I, I it's it's really really odd uh to see that this uh, is a real clear implication of sex there and then yeah. you see them like the next morning when they wake up so yeah okay but this is not about <laughs> the lion king today uh, <laughs> Uh, We are talking about a movie that is not intended for kids, has never been intended for kids. Uh, And uh, we can see that. And that's how we start by looking at how this movie was rated. And uh, we we focus on the uh, American rating because it's an American movie. And the MPAA, who gives the ratings, uh, rated this movie R, Basic Instinct, again, what we're talking about, for strong violence and sensuality and Mm -hmm. for drug use. And language. So that's the official description by the MPAA, which I always quote because it's always fascinating. Yeah, that damn sensuality. Sensuality is, of course, a great word.
1: Uh, in Britain, they have the the BBFC uh, reasoning on the back of the brewery ray mm-hmm. sometimes, and that's always like strong sex scenes or graphic sex scenes or mild. Sex, like they actually, but like sensuality is like okay, that's like really. <laughs> What what's what's so bad about sensuality?
0: I mean, American I wonder if it sexist. if it is implied that it's strong sensuality, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's still it's it's odd that it doesn't like yeah. the, the description of the rating doesn't even mention sex explicitly. Yeah, that's, although that's... like if. If this movie is known for anything, it's the sex scenes. But this movie is too sensual. If we look at other countries uh, in Germany, uh, um, where we both come from, the movie was rated 16. Um, The lowest rating I could find was in uh, Italy. It was rated 14. And uh, in in France, it was rated 16, too. But there was a re-rating in 1996. And then it was rated 12, which I find really surprising. I and there are many countries uh, where, it's ra- where it's rated 18 or, or outward banned. Uh, so yeah, this movie uh, definitely caused some controversy.
1: Yeah. I'm not that shocked by the French because my experience from when I'm there and browsing in a DVD, so I was like, wow, that's 12 here? Wow, that's a 12. Like they have a pretty low bar for their ratings somehow.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I will see. Once I get through many more movies, uh, and I always do this comparison, I will see if France is always the lowest one. but uh, And again, it was a re-rating, so they looked at it again yeah. four years later and said, oh, yeah. actually, it's not that bad. It's okay for 12-year-olds. But like four um, years later. Yeah, it's only four but years But like 20 years, so like, oh, wait, like in Germany, we're like, oh, in the 80s, maybe we're a bit
1: tough on movies. We Maybe chill down. No, no. It's <laughs> yes. like four years later, ah, it's not that bad.
0: So um, uh, what I what I've opened up uh, for every episode is the actual parents guide on IMDb, where you can look at uh, what um, the parents guide and I mean this is uh, created by IMDb users, so it's not like official. And uh, then you can also already uh, always see how many items are listed. And Basic Instinct has, and I can say that already, only 28 items li- listed, which is not that much. I've seen other movies that are really more harmless that have many more items. And when you when you actually read through it, and we will look at some examples. Um, it's not described as much as you would imagine with a movie that was so scandalous as this. Okay, but before we get into that, I, I remember I have another question, and and this is, yeah, what is your history with Basic Instinct?
1: I'd say that it is, the start was the same as a lot of uh, people my age was like a uh, horny teenager, That's <laughs> described, I guess, because I think I got this at 14, 15 and back when streaming and stuff like that didn't exist, but I saw in an in an ad that the special edition DVD was on, on sale somewhere where my dad would pass by his well, And I was like, oh, maybe you can get this for me. And I don't think he really knew what the film was about. And he just saw like 16. I was like, ah, he will manage. And then I watched this. And of course I was like super into Shadowstone. And uh, yeah, I was like, I was really that was fascinating when I rewatched it today. I was like watching it with an with the eyes of an adult. It was like I mean, Sharon Stone is still very beautiful and everything, but it's not the main reason the film is good, you know. Like, I know. but as a teenager, I was like, okay, like mm-hmm. the, the, the killings are crazy and oh, Barbara Sharon Stone, and then I'm ashamed to admit, but pausing at the interrogation scene, like, oh, maybe you can see and of course, uh, of you course. Know, that, like like a friend uh, over like oh you have that on dvd can we check that scene out it's really uh, because stuff wasn't available as today you know like when you and i think this
0: has gone down we will talk about that scene of course gone down as the most paused scene in film history probably uh people paused and and checked and tried to see and 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 crawled very close to the television to see what they could see and so yes that's uh, not not surprising
1: I also really, really liked the movie back then. I have like in this special edition, they had the soundtrack included, uh, Mm -hmm. which is awesome uh, as an extra. And also the soundtrack is like just so good, which I repeatedly listened to like when playing video games was like, ah, I don't need what they have. I put this on and still today I I regularly listen to it. uh, Like maybe sometimes when I'm doing some paperwork and like some background music. And uh, like I said, I watched it with my wife a few years ago. And I was really like, oh, yeah, this is a really good thriller. Because I was somehow imagining like, okay, I was a horny teenager. This stuff was really cool. <laughs> but, you know, like when you sometimes watch things later, I mean, this is the whole thing about your uh, Instagram page. Like, oh, with viewed today, you see different themes, different stuff. I was really, really surprised today. Like, oh, man, there's, there's so much interesting stuff in there, which I never picked up on as a teenager because mm-hmm. I was really like in the whole sex and violence thing which was yes. exciting in itself the forbidden fruit you know like oh it's, yeah. it's rated 16 i'm not allowed to watch it but yeah but i really really like it and it got me a bit into for home because then of course in that age oh starship troopers it's so violent you cannot get the uncensored version in germany mm-hmm. so like, mm-hmm. to, which i think was my first import <laughs> Actually, uh-huh. starship troopers and, and, and scarface those were mm-hmm. the two dvds that i imported from britain because there i could like get it for 10 bucks and i was like wow the uncut stuff oh my god <laughs> yeah but uh, and then i over the years I worked my way to verhoeven's filmography not the dutch stuff sadly because i haven't gotten a hold of it yet but i think i've seen every american movie of his
0: so um, I uh, I have not seen this movie when it came out. Um, I'm uh, a little bit older than you, I think. I was, but I was twelve when it came out. But I heard everything about it. It was everywhere. Uh, this mm. this was really the most scandalous movie, at least I, I mean that I remember. Again, I was twelve. It sounds like I read film news all the time, but everyone wrote about this movie. It was such a big big deal, and I was really fascinated by it. And yes, I was also a teenager, and I I was really wondering like. Oh, what is this movie doing? Um, And I think I watched it when it was on TV the first time, probably, which must have been like, I don't know, maybe a year later or two. I don't remember exactly how long it took back then. And I, but I do remember um, that I really, really liked it right away. And I was really surprised how good this movie actually was, apart from all the sex and so on, which was still new and, and, and more explicit than anything I probably had seen or most things I had seen at this time. And it also was one of the first DVDs I bought uh, in in the 90s when I had my first DVD player oh, because wow. I liked the movie so much. I really, I always liked it. And as I watched, rewatched it in the last uh, month or last month or so, I, I realized again, this is a, I think this is a really, really brilliant movie. Um, and I don't know if we can get into this i will see i uh and I had discussions about this before um i I think actually the movie is is often misunderstood as well uh, i think it's it it has so much more going forward than you would think. You can say it's a, as you said, it's a, it's a great thriller for sure. It has a great score. I think the score does so much. The cinematography is amazing. It's yeah, maybe one of Jan De Bond's best uh, works. I think as a cinematographer, but there's so much going on, and this is this is the Verhoeven touch because I think Verhoeven is always very very good at selling you something, and you think you watched an like you watched an, uh, a violent action movie like Robocop, and then you actually realize, oh, well, it's much more. Or you yeah. watch, uh, again, a big science fiction movie like Sasha troopers, and you realize, oh, well, it's much, much more. And he does that in every one of his movies, except maybe for Hollow Man. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Basic Instinct is, is fascinating, and I love it. Um, but we are here to discuss um, the sex and violence in this movie, which this movie, again, is what this movie is famous for. And interestingly, I think it's famous for both. It's mostly famous for its sex, I would say, uh, because it was so shocking back then and there were all of these discussions. But the violence is also quite interesting. And so um, what would you argue is the most violent scene in this movie?
1: Mm, Most violent? I'd have to choose between the first kill, like the, the opening scene, because I love Verhoeven. He's like, hmm, this is a sexy and violent picture. Well, let's start with sex and violence in the first scene. And it's not like oh, there's some mysterious stuff. No, it's like really brutal, heavy, bloody murder. And also the killing of uh, George Sansa's character, Gus, mm-hmm. I think he's Gus, called. Gus, yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm bad with character names. Because also there's like the, the emotional part is more involved. Yes. Because you got to like him. And he's a nice guy. And he's really supportive of Michael Douglas' character, even though he's a piece of shit. For him to get, to get killed this brutally... But I think like from the sheer violence, if I really go like for for what's more shocking because it opens the movie, even though I knew it would happen today, of course. but I think the first scene is the most violent because it comes sort of no because the the elevator scene is like, okay, you there's something going on, you're already poised for uh, you know, oh, maybe there's a trap or something. but like the first scene, if you go in fresh, you know nothing about the movie. and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, wow, wow, that's a very central sex scene. And then it's like, Boom! Just yes. blood, murder, violence, and
0: Jerry Goldsmith like hammering away on the soundtrack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, I, I think mean, that's for that. Yeah, I would I would argue for the same. And I think it's interesting that the movie actually only has two really violent scenes. Yeah, if if you get into it, I mean, there are other deaths, but uh, you don't see them. Um, I mean, you do you, you see uh, Gene Triplehorn's character is killed too, but this is not very bloody. And the, the second part that you talked about, which we can also talk about, is also violent, but uh, it's not as explicit. But the opening scene, the violence, like, you you don't just see the stabbing, you see it in such detail. And, and this is also a scene, I, I even back then, I paused because I just wanted to figure out how they even did this, because if you really look at the unrated, uncut version, like, you see the ice pick going through the nose of the character, without computer effects or anything back then. So this is all makeup effects. Uh, Rob Botin is one of the greatest uh, makeup effects creators who always worked with uh, or often worked with Verhoeven. And this scene is so shocking. I find it so shocking when you see the ice pick going through his face, basically. And this is what you don't expect. Even if you know that there is a killing happening at the beginning, you don't expect it to be that explicit. Um, And then all the blood and so on and so on
1: and and the contrast because like the movie opens with sex and it's always like you're so poised for that like to be oh yeah nice Uh, so so like and 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 foven really shoots it in a in a way that's not like oh something sinister is going on something is being planned i mean up to the point where the ice pick is it's a really sexy scene Mm -hmm. and then it really takes a turn and i think that makes that makes it all the more shocking because yes if we had like uh, someone running through the streets and being uh, chased it was like okay you're, you're expecting violence but the, the break of t- and that he manages to 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 make this se- seamlessly so you know like it could seem like oh wow this is this is not working you know, like like just pure yes. for shock but yeah it works
0: no. and it works really well <laughs> and i think and i mean this is one of these maybe the part where we can see that it's hard to separate the two subjects that we're discussing i mean the 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 violence of the scene is also very very i want to use the word sexy because that's not true but it is like the it is like the climax of the sex scene right it is orgasmic in a way the way it is shot the way it's like the the weapon is used the phallic symbol of the weapon that is used the blood that is uh, squishing and the way she reacts also seems like this she's climaxing the, in the moment she's yeah. killing him right and this is something we are not used to because we have we are used to uh um orgasmic deaths but normally they are committed by men of course yeah and I think this is where you see that the movie is trying to do something different to show a woman having this kind of uh, sensation by killing a man at the moment of of climaxing is really really fascinating I think and um and it shows right away that like men don't really have a chance against women in this movie (laughs) yeah as hard as they try they just can't uh and and the opening scene really shows that well and and, but this combination as you said of sex and violence is what makes this opening scene i think it's one of the best opening scenes ever because it's so unexpected and it it works so perfectly become everything works together the editing and the cinematography and the score and the effects and everything and you just sit there and think oh wow what is this yeah it's just and
1: i really like the like the opening credits you have this fractured image where you can yes. some somehow make out that some people are having sex mm-hmm. but it's like not even the credits soften you in it's really like no it's setting and, and I'm, i mean it's like if you set an erotic thriller it's often like okay there's some danger but there's also a lot of sex and mostly it's like the detective or someone or the the, victi- the the proposed victim is getting close to the detective who's supposed to uh, take care of him or her and that is the sex and the violence is often outside like the, yes. the killer who the detective is trying to stop but here the combination as you said is like the, the the woman which is normally the, the, the victim of the violence is the perpetrator and that makes it even more shocking yes especially in a, in a moment which per definition makes you vulnerable because Yes. You have
0: all your clothes taken off. You're really intimate. He's tied up, wet. right? So he's yeah. like passive. He can't do anything. Which right? which he
1: is into. Like and in, in a yeah. sexual
0: way, he's totally
1: into it. But then it turns out it's uh, his downfall. But of course he couldn't know it. I mean, you don't expect something like that to happen. I guess, I hope at least.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. There's even like a, a, a little bit of foreshadowing because uh, during the sex scene, we see her... Um, having her fingers in his mouth. So there's a kind of penetration there already happening. And and then like moments before the ice pick is going through his face. And I think this is all intentional. I think none of this is any coincidence that this is how this this scene works. And what fascinates me so much is that, as I said before, this is the most extreme scene in the whole movie. Like nothing that comes in the movie later. And I mean, of course, we can talk about the sex scene that comes later, but still nothing in this movie ever is as extreme as the opening. But I think it's so effective that you never really can forget about it throughout the movie because you always know, okay, this is the danger. This is what can happen to, yeah. to anyone. The the problem often is when you have an opening like that, it's really hard to, um,
1: to keep the level. Yes. You know, like uh, some movies have like a really strong opening, like, oh yeah, okay, I'm pumped. What's happening now? And sometimes like, okay, maybe you, you shot your best shot there and mm-hmm. it fizzles out. But there it's really like, it sets the mood for, for like, like there is no intimacy without violence. Even his scene with the uh, Jean Triplehorn where yes. I was remembering like, Oh, he gets, he gets a bit rough with her. And then I rewatched it today and I was like, and I was typing my note on my phone. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so he has to, in quotation marks, take her. And mm-hmm. then I was like, you think, okay, he basically rapes her. I was like, wow, there's really no real intimacy here.
0: It's yes. always, Either dangerous or violent. Yeah, and, and I think what this this is what the scene, the opening scene does is that every time we see a sex scene in the movie, we know there is a possibility that it could become yeah. violent again, right? Exactly. We never forget that, and I mean, of course, the movie does even more by by a later in sex scene, see her grabbing or seeming to grab something, and you think the ice pick is coming. That happens several times, so there's always this like false. Uh, a danger, but I mean, this only works because the opening scene is so effective. So you always think, yeah. "Oh, not again! Please, not again! I don't <laughs> want to see someone stabbed in the face again uh, during during sex." And it never happens again, which which yeah. also I think is interesting that it never happens again.
1: And also that for the um, reputation this movie has, like this this super sex and violence movie, like you said, there's only two really violent, like in 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 like the if we count the rape scene, it's three really yes. violent scenes. There's not that many sex scenes there's even one sex yeah, between uh, Dark stone where verhoeven cuts away
0: where yes it's like one and oh, once oh. actually
1: uh you're like oh okay okay they're getting into it cut and it's after the sex where they're talking i was like wow i really didn't remember that there was so little sex in this two hour eight minute movie yes because if you have the reputation it's like okay they, someone's fucking every time and it's like oh it's like three four four scenes three really Yes. And what I, what I love about Verhoeven is that, uh, like in RoboCop, it, even in Total Recall or something, mm-hmm. the, the sex violence never is for show. It's not no. just like, he's not no. a sh- shock maker. He's way, way too smart for that. It's always yes. advancing character or story or both. And like in the first scene, it sets the care, it sets the story, it sets the mood. In later scenes, it's character work. And when the sex doesn't do anything for character work,
0: Then he leaves it It away. Yes, exactly. Then he doesn't need it anymore, right? Then it's it's just implied and we know, oh, yeah, they had sex again, but it doesn't really matter uh, because there's no point for the characterization. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is like he has this reputation of this. Sometimes some people see him as the sleazy director, but just because he deals with sex and violence doesn't make him sleazy because, as you said, he knows exactly what he's doing in every shot. And uh, this is what makes this so successful. Um, just uh, b- before we wrap up the opening scene, um, what I also like is what happens right afterwards, which is kind of uh, like the, the, the epilogue to this opening scene when all the cops arrive and it's all only men, like the yeah. room. And this is something that happens in the movie throughout that we often have rooms full of men um, again and again, the women are always in a minority. Often, there's just one woman in the room, if if at all. Mostly, it's just men, and then all these men, and they make jokes, and they all make sexual jokes, of course. Right? They said, "Oh, he uh, he came off before he came off, and, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Or oh, he got off, and then someone says, hey, come such an on. impressive note on. Yes, when they he... look at the when cum. Checking... Yeah, <laughs> and it's like oh, well, wow, today impressive. for the first time, I wondered. How how is the bed so much full of cum? How is that even possible? Uh, because the sex thing we saw there that, that doesn't isn't really possible. Uh, well, we don't have to get into the specifics of, of that. But when it's um, up, <laughs> well, he doesn't get up anymore, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I, liked, awesome. I really like that because there he sets there he really sets the tone for the movie where he shows okay, this terrible thing has just happened. We all watched that. We all witnessed it, and we are shocked. And then we see all these men, and they make jokes. Although of course we know they're all afraid of something happening to them something like that right and this is one of the things that makes the movie so suspenseful that all the men want to have as great sex as he had but they don't want to die this way and so they are joking and joking and joking but almost too much
1: i, I when i took my notes i was often like oh um control Con- I, I was really yes, looking at yes every few notes there was control and then at some point i was just like control exclamation marks because yes. I was like okay this is so about who has control and who wants control and uh i mean joking is a great way of downplaying your yeah. fears i mean ev- everyone knows it everyone knows like oh i'm insecure maybe i can make a joke so it, because jokes alleviate tension so mm-hmm. that, that works it's a good way um but it's also they also have to have a sexist joke in there to yes. make them feel manly again huh? yes oh they found it maybe it was a mate oh she's a 55 year old 200 yes. pound oh, well, it it, it wasn't a mate for sure. There's no yes. bruises on the bodies. So yes, exactly. Yeah. Course. As also to happen that they degrade a woman, which isn't mm-hmm. there, happy for her. But it cannot just be like, oh wow, we make our jokes about this guy because like the joke Douglas makes, when it's like. No, he's a distinguished uh, former rock and roll star or something like that. But what's that? Oh, that's distinguished cocaine. I don't know the exact words anymore. But Mm -hmm. OK, yeah, that's a joke. Because of course, cops joke on on crime scenes. I I find this very, very believable because you have to deal with to see stuff like that. But they have to also make jokes about a woman just to feel themselves a little bit better because someone was killed during sex. So that, ah, that, that touches on your masculinity.
0: I would argue, and I think this is something I, I like. This is the revelation I had when I rewatched this movie uh, recently, is that this whole movie depicts men as incredibly insecure, all of them. Also, all yes. of them disgusting in a way, sexist, and none, no man in this movie does anything heroic ever. And yeah, when I realized that, I realized, okay, so I guess I see what this movie is actually about, which I think is, and this is still what I I, I will fight to my death now. Uh, this movie actually is a, a big criticism of man. It's a, a critical yeah. dissection of masculinity, because women are completely portrayed in a different way, and men are all. And 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 I would really say there's no exception in this movie. All the men yeah. act the same way, especially Michael Douglas, who is like the yeah, yeah. one of the weakest protagonists you can imagine. He does nothing. Heroic in this movie, never, ever, ever. He doesn't no. solve the case. He, the only thing he achieves is to kill his ex-girlfriend uh, for no reason, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. And that's all he does. He's yeah, never taken seriously by anyone.
1: Yeah, it's it's really, and that was awesome for me today when I was like, "Wow, watching this as an adult, not being like too uh, too encompassed with all the sex and violence." I was like, "Wow, this is really, really." I, I mean, I'm 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 careful to say it's a feminist movie, but it's really. I would argue another that film actually. that chooses, chooses me. and I was like, I guess we're getting into the controversy uh, later with um, yes. the sexual character Roxy. And there was a lot of protests back then, yeah, but I yeah. was when I was reading up on them, there was one critic who a female critic who wrote that she wonders about all the criticism uh, about, uh, about this film being sexist misogynist because as she said, like like you said, there's not one single man in that movie who does anything good or is e- or is even good. Like, yes. There's no, there's no, there's no, like there's no DA, no chief of police who you say like no. Okay, but there's like upright good guys. Like even the the internal affairs guy is a real scumbag.
0: Yes. Like and I mean you you, you say- mentioned Gus. You mentioned Gus earlier and that it's emotional when he is killed, but even he, he makes sexist jokes all yeah. the time. When then the bar yeah. at one point and he's yeah. really drunk and then women look at him and he makes like really disgusting gestures yeah. at them, and you really are like, Ugh. even he's like not a cool person.
1: And it's like just a minute before on the parking lot, he's like saying, like, Oh, I could have like blue haired women, but I don't yes. want them. Yes. So it's like, yes. he's overweight. He's a bit balding. So mm-hmm. he's not one to make like, Oh, I want Sharon Stone because if you want Sharon Stone, maybe you should also present something, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, at least I can get, I mean, I don't know how attractive women find Michael Douglas to be back then, but I can get that yeah, more that he would have yeah. a chance. But like a lot of men do like, feel like they are entitled to a supermodel. Of course. But they don't want to put care into their own appearances yes, because yes, it's not the same. So there's really this, this through line of men not being able to grasp that a woman is in control yeah. and trying any different way to get back into control, which just makes them look ever more worse with every scene, yes. <laughs> especially Michael Douglas.
0: Yes. And I mean, I think one of the problems why this movie is seen in a, in a, as, as a misogynist and, and sexist and all of that stuff is probably because it stars Michael Douglas and Michael Douglas is seen normally as someone who is is the hero of movies. Uh, which is so interesting, because if you look at the history of like he has been cast in roles like this again and again, because like if you watch Fatal Attraction, it's a very similar because he also acts like a scumbag in many, many scenes in this movie. And still, it's only Glenn Close that's seen as the, the villain. And I mean, there are many reasons for that. And and there are more examples for that. And I think this is what many people saw when they saw Basic Instinct, but because they thought, well, it's Michael Douglas. He's the good guy, of course. Although he is not the good guy. like no. he No, he has a terrible past that he doesn't deal with never he doesn't want to deal with nope. it and he doesn't learn from his mistakes he makes the same mistakes nope. again and again and when the movie's over like he did again as i said before he didn't achieve anything
1: and i really have to uh, like in hindsight i respect michael douglas path to stardom in that time mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even wall street he's not a good guy no and like his willingness to take these sleazy um sexist uh, money power hungry roles where you could say like okay uh, like like even in in stuff like romancing the stone mm-hmm. where it's like he's a bit of an adventure guy and he's cool and everything but even then it's it takes some some time for him to get nice and not mm-hmm. degrading to Kathleen Turner. so he like how he built that without ever having like a persona you know like yes. like I mean like like an Arnold or Stallone they had yeah. a persona where they just stood for something, but you don't look at Michael Douglas and say like, "Oh, he's a sleazy guy." Like I don't no, remember no. reading anything about him like being bad on set, being bad with co-stars or stuff no. like that. I mean, he's married to Zeta Jones for like what twenty years now, and yes. he seems to be going um, everybody in the industry. Like when he was uh, sick with cancer, everybody says, "Oh my god, Michael Douglas!" Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, he used these rules like from the mid eighties to mid nineties. Like you did uh, a post on um, uh, what's that, uh, Michael Crichton? movie with any more disclosure disclosure it's also I, I remember watching this as a team like only half but like also there it's like yeah he's not a great guy no <laughs> in to, most to movies turn, he isn't yeah to turn but, that stuff into like
0: a star wow but then again he is often the focus of these movies and he is a, a, I mean I'm sure I'm forgetting something he's almost never a villain either <laughs> Yeah. He is like the hero, but he's not, a, he's really a good person. So, but he still comes away as a good person anyway, because he is our, like, he's the one we identify with in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's always the entry point.
0: Yes. Uh, which I think is what, what makes disclosures so weird because, well, but this is a weird movie for another <laughs> time, um, <laughs> especially when it comes to sex. Um, okay. Let's come back to basic instinct. Yeah. I, I'm happy. We agree on that. Um, and which then becomes so interesting when Sharon Stone enters uh, the movie because she completely takes it over. Like, yeah. I, I, I cannot stress enough how much power she has in, in her scenes. And I think she was often, again, uh, if I remember from, from when this movie came out, it was like, oh, she's this uh, a seductive uh, woman who's, uh, you know, who um, like a praying mantis, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the image we got. But when you actually watch the movie, all she does is being honest and direct. yeah and you all you see in the movie is that man cannot deal with that
1: uh, and took note when the first time she's on, uh, on the screen she's directly asked about her relationship and she's like yeah we fucked no we weren't together we fucked yeah really like self-assured in her sexuality like yeah i have like this sex relationship which doesn't lead to anything more but it was good so why not and like okay yeah he's dead so what <laughs> like, yeah
0: but again she's just honest she's not yeah. and she's also not saying oh yeah you know we fucked or so. she's not talking like that she's not oh. trying to confuse them or it's, anything she just is really matter of fact actually and then at some yeah. point, she says you know i don't feel like talking anymore and they're like what what do you mean you can decide that you know we are the men we are in control they can't deal yeah. with that
1: no no they can't and it's uh, every interaction with douglas she has later on it's always like And and again, I'm back to control. She just has control because she knows what she wants. She knows who she is. And even in scenes where she apparently is confused, Mm -hmm. it's like from the outside as a viewer, I say it is, but it should at least be very clear that she knows exactly that she needs to be confused to get from what she wants from men. Yes. Because she knows how easily... Like the, I mean, the interrogation scene is nothing else but just a big yeah, show. Yeah, we get to that in a second. Yeah, man. we so, have to we have to talk about this one,
0: the most famous scene of the movie for yeah, sure. But but
1: like we, I was at one point, I was like, "Wow, Stone is acting circles around everyone." And I was like, "No, Douglas is also pretty pretty good in there." Yes. But his yes. is not as I mean, Stone's. Not even showy. That's not the right word. No. But no. It's like like he's like very very good, but she's like phenomenal. This is not an Oscar podcast, but. I, I, this is really like everyone like oh she's brave because she she appears nude in this and uh, she does good but no she cannot get a nomination for this because how this she is, manages so to
0: nail every word of dialogue I, I really I think like when you just listen to her how she manages like every every line is sold absolutely perfectly. In every scene she's in. She knows exactly how she has to say it, how what she has to do. And and to what you're saying, an image that is repeated in this movie more than anything else, is is man looking confused at her. Just because yeah. she 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 talks the way she talks. And again, what she does is not being manipulative and so on and so on, as as she's accused of. Like, I mean, when without getting ahead, right? When when she reveals in the end that she actually did use him to write her new novel, and he's so shocked. And But when you look at the beginning of the movie, she tells him exactly that this is what she wants to do. Yeah. Like, she's not even yeah. lying to him. No. <laughs> like he, but he just doesn't want to believe that he could be just used, that's the problem.
1: Yeah. He cannot accept
0: it's... that he is not in control, that's all it is. And that's she telling him right well, you know, I'm in control, that's what I want to do, and this yeah. is what I will do, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm writing a new book, I'm basing it on a police dictator, you're my character. She, you will fall in love with him. the wrong woman. And so yeah, yeah, she, tells him that. That, she never like, tells him that she loves him.
1: No, but he wants it because yes. like uh, like uh, later when they had their, their first sex, he's like, oh, it was the fuck of the century. And she's like, yeah, what, let me check what she said. I wrote it's it down, a good
0: beginning is what she says. Yeah,
1: it's a pretty good beginning. And for him, it's like, oh, yeah. And he wants to hear it. He wants to be validated. And that line. Like,
0: I want to discuss this line again because he says that line twice. He says yeah. it to Roxy first, and then he says it again. And you feel again—you feel the insecurity because he's like, "Oh, I have this really good term for what we did. I called it the fuck of the century." And now, look, isn't that cool what I said? How I described that? And she's like, "Uh huh, okay, funny." Yeah. She doesn't care yeah, because it's—it's it's, it's kind of embarrassing the way he, yeah. he wants to, because he wants to hear, of course, that he is the fuck of the century. Yes, and she because... does not give it to him because she's just like, "Oh, you know." It's okay it was okay.
1: Yeah we we can go on it was promising but you have to look. it's really actors ah, I love I, I love
0: I love and and this is why I find it so confusing and people misread this movie so much really because it's 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 all right there it's not that subtle actually
1: no it's not that subtle but it also I think it's one of like, I have a good friend who I argue with when when movies have like a, like wolf of wall street for example yeah like there are people who are like oh man john belford huh. is so cool and i want to do a movie yes like yes that. that's the problem like yeah. i have a friend he says, like, he says like uh no the movie has to show how bad that is That and i'm like i'm on the position like a movie is not at fault if audiences don't get what's there like there are movies that to a point i well. would say yeah. but like like for example, Joker does nothing to uh, to show like maybe Joker isn't the best guy. Maybe he isn't in the right, no? mm-hmm. because it's so shallow in its in its uh, criticism of society, which is also yeah. awesome. like what what's that? So, like basic instinct, I think through its perceived shock value, mm-hmm. has enough that people can latch onto. Like, but uh, but he's not nice to women, and like the, like the Roxy part. I get, I get the problematic stuff there. I, I can be more involved with that. But the movie as a whole, I think if you really look at it with a bit of an analytical mind, yes. and not just like I'm here for the thrills, then like you say, you, you have to see that.
0: But I think what it what it boils down to is that as you said in the beginning, this is a really good thriller. It has the music, it has like the noir tropes in a way, like classical yeah. elements of a thriller. And it's really hard for people, I would argue, to see that the movie is doing more or is doing something with these tropes that goes beyond it. And it's just viewed as if it was a typical standard thriller, maybe a really good one. But it's hard for people to see how these characters don't act the way they normally do. Like I would even argue like Sharon Stone or Catherine Trammell is not a a classical femme fatale, as you would see. And I think this is what most people fewer ask, but I don't think she is. Just like he is not yeah. a typical noir hero who is like tragic and so on. He's not because he's just an idiot.
1: Yeah, but but uh, the script by Esther has really builds on this trope. Like you say, like it really yeah. feels like, oh, there's this dangerous blonde femme fatale who's come into our hero's life and she sucks him into it. This is ever getting worse and worse. If you really stop by looking at a trope like oh yeah, there's, a, there's this trope, there's this cliché. Ah, so of course this movie is against women.
0: Well, I, I mean, I I'd know. be really surprised if Verhoeven didn't rewrite the script heavily, because I actually don't think Esterhaas has it in him to make the movie the way it is. <laughs> and it's so typical of Verhoeven, what this movie does. Again, it fits so well into his filmography and all of his filmography um, that I would be surprised. And I mean, if you look at many of uh, Esterhaas's other scripts, uh, you will look have to look very hard to find the same yeah. elements and the same ideas
1: I mean, from what I read, uh, there was, I don't know who they hired to rewrite the script to Verhoeven's wishes, but Behoven himself actually said like some of his wishes, like he first, he wanted to have a scene between Stone and Roxy, a sex scene. yeah, But later he had to admit like, that wasn't necessary. It it wouldn't further the plot. It was stupid. Yeah. And apparently they gave the final script back to Esther Haas. He had left production but came back. I mean, I don't know what's what's right yes. there, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's it's one time, even the broken clock is right, you know, or twice a day it's right for yeah, maybe. But I think I think Verhoven is I think what what uh, difference differentiates him from so many other um blockbuster uh, directors yes. who, who did like uh, sex and violence pictures is his uh, and like this is re- gonna really sound like a real european snob but this is the it's the european background because he i think being able to make his like from what i've read from his dutch films they are also often very frank in
0: their sexuality oh yes i've only seen one um, and that was it's also a very shocking but also very good movie with similar ideas even in yeah. the 70s yeah, and even if you look at his later European work, like L or Black, mm-hmm. Book, like yeah. the
1: freedom he has in making his movies in Europe, which he hasn't never had in uh, in in the US yeah. because of like yeah. restrictions for the for the ratings. I think this made him more clever and not uh, not as uh, not as easy to be like, oh, okay, I do this so like I can draw viewers mm-hmm. in. Like, of course, he's he. I think he is a guy who is drawn to a somewhat shocking material, but because he's interested in what he can tell with it. And like you said, there are people who watch Robocop as a sci-fi action film. There are people yes. who watch Star Trek and go out and think like, oh, man, being in the military must be awesome.
0: I mean, but- Star Trek Troopers is maybe the best example because it's really the most misunderstood movie ever made, probably.
1: And to watch his films and basic instinct also to and i mean like like i said 15 year old i guess i i watched it first i wasn't thinking about stuff like oh the men are not in control Uh, i I wasn't thinking that critically at that moment i have to admit i was often watching movies at face value for the entertainment they brought of course i was starting to think about like stuff like oh why does someone do it like that but then you start reading on it you know like i think but I know that a lot of people are like, oh man, the way you think about movies is so oh, I just wanna be entertained. I just wanna you know. And if you just And it is a very entertaining
0: movie. That's what yes, that's, I think. Exactly. That's why it's so easy to not see these things. It, exactly. It's wearing its 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 genre convention so well and it's so entertaining, it's so yeah. suspenseful and sexy and all of that stuff. So yeah, yeah I do see that. But then to go the, around the other way and accuse it of all these things, I think that you really have to ignore a lot of the things that the movie is doing.
1: But that only shows that film Twitter, as it's called, is not the <laughs> origin of stupid movie discussions. Of course. No, uh, no. I I just saw people saying like they cannot watch the whale because Brendan Fraser put on a fat suit. It's fat phobic. I was like, it's just not re- <laughs> like there is no actor in Hollywood who has this weight. It's just unrealistic. And, and even if there was, of,
0: of, it wouldn't he wouldn't be famous enough that you get this movie made, right? I mean, yeah, I think you cannot forget something like that,
1: I think Bill Burr is like the stand-up comedian. He was making the joke like once like, yeah, it's called acting. Like if you act like you're paraplegic, it's acting. That's basically the job description. Like there, of course, representation matters. and you shouldn't yeah. take roles away from people who are there. Like if you have a a, a slightly overweight role, don't put a guy in a fat suit. Get someone who's slightly overweight. There's of enough course, people. That of course. Of yeah. I mean, John Goodman had a career. Yeah. And until like a few years ago, he was really
0: overweight. Overweight. I mean, John but Candy. I mean, we could name many, many John more Candy. examples. Yeah, yeah. For men, of course, because well, I'm thinking <laughs> of Roseanne right now, right? I mean, in connection yeah. with Rosario yeah. Roseanne, right maybe. maybe but there I are guess, some examples, maybe not as many. Yeah. That's true, of course, right? But, we don't want to like, uh, pretend like, like there's a market for this.
1: Do you have, you really have the. This is a good example, or like stuff like uh, the Last Temptation of Christ, and like even back then, if there's a group who's making a vocal enough uh, outcry, then the controversy just because like the media. Often, I, I hate to sound like the media does, but <laughs> like a lot of media outlets. Um, go for the easier headline why is this causing controversy you also have like the false uh, equivalency stuff where it's like okay here's one person who says it's controversial here's another person who says it's uh, totally okay but like maybe in reality you have like 50 who say it's controversial and fifty thousand who say it's okay like if, the home movies always were controversial for yes. their vibes for their sex so of course every movie he releases or release and like even today like l everyone's like Yes, oh my There's some. This is about rape. Oh my god! Verhoeven does a movie about rape. How will it turn out?
0: It's still like thirty years later. We still react the same way to his movies. I mean, to to have a movie in nineteen ninety two and to have it protested during its production before the internet. You like this is something I still can't get over with that this was possible, that people already were so upset about the movie while it was being made. It's not like this was happening all the time. I would argue this almost only happened with this movie. I mean, of course, maybe maybe Last Passion of Christ or, or something like that. Uh, Last Temptation or Passion of Christ, maybe both. <laughs> but it, that that's really exceptional. And I think without these protests, yeah. I think the movie wouldn't have this reputation so much. Yeah. Because uh-huh. it had this reputation even before it was released already. Yeah. and it never it could never get rid of this but i found funny
1: i read that Verhoeven was like uh it's okay if they protest but they have to also live with that we don't adhere to the protest yes <laughs> yeah really. i mean i mean they can they can protest it's okay it's a free country but they also <laughs> have to agree that we don't listen to them like, <laughs> this is such a that's such a great reaction
0: ah verhoeven is great okay um yeah. we uh we're getting sidetracked a little bit yeah <laughs> um and we basically only have discussed one scene in detail. We should at least uh, talk about the interrogation. Uh, we should yeah. talk about the main sex scene between Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. And maybe about the final scene, uh, the deaths of Gus and uh, Beth. And maybe also the sex scene between Michael Douglas and Shane Triplehorn, because that's also very controversial and sexually violent. But let's talk about the interrogation scene for a second. Yes. I mean, this is the most famous scene of the movie, easily, right? Parodied yeah. endlessly. Uh, I mean, it's it's a scene you watch and you think of the parodies. I think this is how we, when you know a scene has become iconic, the moment it was made, basically. And whenever I watch that scene, and it's a great scene. I think even the scene would work without the close up between her legs. I think the scene would still be as effective which, because which
1: isn't as close up as
0: one always remembers. Yes, it, it that's feels true like, too. It's really
1: like a like close up shot, but she's her whole body is in view.
0: Like the, there is a reason why people pause and crawl to the te- television and, and try to see something because it's not that explicit as you would think. Yeah. That's true. But the way That's the whole still scene still is still shot, it. the way yeah. the men are framed and the camera gets so close into their sweaty faces uh, again. And uh, the camera really knows how to f- to to shoot uh, the man and Catherine Trammell, Sharon Stone in a very, very different way throughout the movie, by the way. And yeah. are always but... shot differently.
1: But this scene really, uh, really highlights it, because when you see, like, the camera is frantically uh, moving yes. left to right from man to man, like, did you do this? Had you done this? Have you seen that? And with her, it's like static shot. Maybe yes. the camera pushes in to make a point. Like, when she leans forward, the camera gets closer. Like, she's like, I would be pretty stupid. And it's really like yes. the camera is, like, supporting her. And with the men, it's like, really, this, and again, it's control. Like, she has, even, yeah. she even has control of the camera. Not like the camera follows her moves but with the man it's like oh god oh god is there something I can all hang on to maybe maybe he has control oh no he's t- it's a stupid question yes. maybe next guy and, and like what the, I love I is- think it's uh, Wayne na- the, 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 the yes. DA uh, because I only know him from Jurassic Park otherwise yeah of course but, but he's, he's the key focus
0: the of the scene yes. he looks so like Oh my god! I've
1: never seen a woman like this. I mean, I, 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 okay, I, I can understand that but it's like, like you almost see like one sweat of drop running down, and yes. he's licking his lips, and it's like he's totally like they're drooling almost. Yeah, yeah. And, really. and, definitely. And she's like, and, and like how she's in control, and like there's no smoking in this building. Oh, what are you gonna do, charge me for smoke? And she doesn't even wait for a reaction. She's just like, and I
0: like my cigarette. So what? Yeah, because Nick, they can't even say anything because they know she's right. Like, they, nothing will happen to her. She's yeah. in control. Uh, a, a little moment that I love is before, when she enters the room and they talk about lawyers and uh, and uh, Nick, Nick, Michael Douglas' character says, uh, she doesn't want a lawyer. And everyone steps and she looks at them and she's smiling. Like, she's the one who smiles at them. Oh, look at all these men. They're so confused. And she enjoys it. <laughs> even and, and they though already she, know what will she happen. She has
1: to admit in that moment that she, she doesn't know what's happening. Yes, she's but like, still she's. Oh, did I miss him? But yeah, but still, that it's like, oh, that's amusing. Like it's more like, oh, amusing. Because... Oh, Nick is turning out like she hopes to be, like that. He sees. Yeah, these, yeah. These like, exactly could foresee this. But it's He's not falling like, for her already. Yes, because at first you think like, oh, oh wow, he just like he has to figure out. But over the run of the movie, you see like, no, that's exactly why she picked him because yes. she knows that he would react that way.
0: And she just warned him in the car, like moments before she warned him that she will do this. And he is gone already, completely over the edge at this point. It's also the distribution, the single woman who is in control, and again, there are so many men. Like I think we would both have problems to name all the men that are in this room because there are so many. But in a way, they're all the same, right? And they get up and yeah. they move around, and they get something to drink, and they move forward and backwards, and again, and the the camera cuts between all of them, and there's no woman in the room, and 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 I mean the lighting and everything, right? Yeah. The the lines, the shadows, and so on. It's uh, it's it's perfect. This scene is I, really perfection.
1: Yeah, I remember like back when like back in. In the, in the days when i had time for special features uh and i had like 30 dvds and i was like watching every special feature because oh my god yeah. so interesting yes i remember and, that time uh, i remember <laughs> watching about uh, something on the basic instinct dvd back then and paul verhoeven going like yeah he and the De bonds were discussing like how to light the scene and yes. i think the bond came up with this lighting from below from the from the what mm-hmm. and verhoeven said like of course, we know no interrogation room in the whole world will look anything like that. Yes, but it's not about that.
0: No, <laughs>
1: it's, it's what it does for the viewer. I wish movies like that would be recognized for production design because yes. this yes, interrogation yes, 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 alone yes. is so fantastic. But in our direction uh, of costume design, for example, like 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 the outfit she wears, like when she when she puts off the um, I don't know the jacket. Let's say yeah, the jacket, yeah um like everything is so thought through yes. but, but also it's, it's like it's not historical so no one discusses the production design or, or art design or, or costume design but everything plays so perfectly together and this movie made me really miss Le Bond as a cinematographer
0: That's I was true. really like
1: and i was i was thinking like you know like some people make this argument like every netflix movie looks shitty and blah 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 which i'm like okay maybe it's a bit overgeneralized. like irishman or roma they look pretty special but I was thinking about today, if this movie would be made today, oh. you would never get a scene like that. No, not not about the, the, the sex or like the, the way stuff is edited today because, of course, times change, blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
0: but, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, I get your the, point.
0: I, I think you're right.
1: So, so specially lit. And like after that, when he brings her home and the rain is going down, the car, there's no reason for such a strong light to shine into the car. No, 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 no. Because there's no traffic on the street and no traffic light goes like, this from from eyeline height because it should yes. be way well but the way the raindrops like go on their faces it's like it's it looks so good like and, and it's not yes. like this this cinematography for beauty shots you know like oh like we have a beautiful landscape and now we film it and now everyone says like oh great cinematography but it's really <laughs> like the way the Bond film move the camera around and like especially in that interrogation scene ah
0: so ah i just want to think <laughs> Even nowadays, you would need a director who really, really knows what he or she wants, which I think we don't have enough. And I don't I, I really I try to avoid I never say not like back in the days and so on, because I, uh, I think the, the one reason why I don't like this argument about the Netflix uh, look and so on is that we forget that we just have so much more to watch. And of course, then more looks the same. Yeah. Because we don't just talk about one or two movies each week that come out in cinema, because we, there are so many movies. There is a new movie every day. And of course, yeah. like uh, not all of them stand out. And I think we should not ignore that. And we still have amazing looking movies all the time. Um, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it depends, of course, if if this movie was made, made by Netflix, and it probably wouldn't have made by Netflix because of the sex, I would argue, uh, because yeah. they don't make movies uh, like that, unless it's uh, a movie that only focuses on sex, like the 365 days, all of that nonsense. Um and the oh. upcoming blonde, yes, like the, yes. the Monroe biopic, which is already stealing well, for controversy. Almost that you feel like you're back in the 90s again, because yeah. just the fact that, that it got a certain rating makes people upset, which hasn't happened. I mean, of course, the reason is that the NC 17 doesn't happen very often, and so whenever there's an NC 17, people get upset. But uh, this is something, yeah, where I uh, have argued again and again can we please watch the movie first before we get upset? And then we can still get upset if it's exploitative yeah. and so on and so on. Okay, fair enough. But you know, can we just watch it first, <laughs> and then and then talk about it? But as with basic
1: instinct, this yes. discourse isn't new. It's just amplified by Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What I what I find so, so fascinating also about the interrogation scene is that um, it's also another example of her controlling men with sexuality because she's open, she's frank, she just says like when she says like I liked it when he used his hands. And like a few seconds later, she says something different. And Doctor's like, Oh, I thought you said you like men using their head. No, I liked him using his head. Like, yeah, she's she's so and there's no like she's like, Oh no, oh wait, oh how did I say this? Like, no, I liked him doing it because she knows what she wants, she knows what
0: she likes, and and she's that's what I said before so so overpowered. She makes every word count, she's really precise. Like you yeah. can't fool her in any way because she knows what she's saying in every moment. So you cannot try to trick her into anything. That's impossible. It just, a, yeah. and it never happens in a movie. Like she's never tricked into anything. She never falters in any way. She always knows what she's doing. And and uh, again, let's uh, so we can move away from the scene a little bit. Um, I think what's also not true is that she's cold or anything. When Roxy dies, we have this very emotional scene by her. And I think I would argue it's authentic. I think she's really upset by this because she has no reason to 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 pretend. and she's really we see her crying. We see her weak. Something we don't see with Michael Douglas, for example, right? Because he will not allow himself to to look weak. And she's still in control, even when she's weak,
1: yeah, and there's no reason to uh, for her to set that up. Like, yeah, I, th- I think that's the one thing that happens in the movie where she was where she was not in control, yeah, because she was close to her. Because yeah. I, I don't think there, there would be, like, it wouldn't make any sense for her yeah. to plan this, to, no. like, uh, have Roxy do this. Uh, so she is, she is genuine. But, she, yeah. I mean, to be fair, she's also also a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, she, she well, knows exactly what to do to manipulate people around her and, I mean, kills a few people here and there. So,
0: I mean, with all, <laughs> I mean, you cannot forget that. But I still well, the way I, she does it I would, is would say and I mean this is, might be controversial but I think the movie is decisively ambiguous about that because we never see her doing anything explicitly never not once we see her do anything there's never a confession by her she never says she does she did anything right there are the movie does offer other explanations right and the only thing that would change that is the ice pick in the end but even that is not Clear, like all we see is there is an ice cream under the bed. We don't know why it's there. We don't know if she bought that for some reason, or we we just we don't know. We are supposed to think something, but I think I wonder if we fall into the movie's trap. Like Michael Douglas falls into her trap in a way by just accepting that she is the killer and does everything. I don't want to say she's innocent or anything, but again, we just don't see it. The movie does not show us her as a sociopath. Never, not once. Mm -hmm. True, true. Is it, This is based on the assumption
1: that she is the killer. Like, if that is, the, if you accept like the fact that uh, the ice pick at the end is the sign that she actually did, yeah. because I mean, of course, she's grabbing, she's like reaching sure, yeah. for something, knowing what was happening. I was like, nobody would turn their arm like this. Yeah, of <laughs> like course. When of she course turns it. around to Douglas, but like, that's the movie playing with us. He throws her arm? Yes, yes, of course, of course. But like, there's like. Okay, like Verhoeven really, really wants us to think that, or maybe I don't know. Maybe the producers were like, no, you cannot let this open because I can imagine Verhoeven going like, oh, maybe she did, maybe she don't. Huh? Make up your mind. No, you know? I think I can, I, I can. I think
0: that. this has have nothing to the producers. I think especially the final shot of the ice pick is really an intentional. There you go. Make make what you what you will of this, but I will not show you her killing anyone, threatening anyone. There's no big showdown. Like if you think True. about the whole ending, right? I mean. If she is the killer, she's in bed with Michael Douglas, right? But that's the end of the movie, right? Yeah, and which, and which is actually why is... I like. Which
1: yeah, is why I like the idea of that so much because then the movie would go full in and like she's still in control. Yes, she is exactly. Like, I mean, she's also in control if she's uh, if she's not the killer. If I if I like for me my reading of control as the main theme and like the the a woman yes. having control, it would fit more for her to be the killer. Because otherwise, a lot of stuff happens where she seems to be in control but isn't. But what I find funny because you say we never see anything, it's like like a, a short callback to the opening scene. It very much is supposed to look like it's stone, but the yes, home shoots yeah. it way, way. Where it's not like I feel cheated, you know, like some scenes where like do you know Lucky Number Eleven? It's like
0: a uh, I I forgot like, all about uh, that movie, but I know what you mean. Yeah,
1: I, I won't spoil it for anyone, but like there's a big twist where it's like, ha, actually, it has been these two guys have been bad all along. And it's like, but you showed me the scenes in flashbacks before, <laughs> yes. but always you cut off their heads, and now it's like ha, I pan up and there's are face faces and I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I can anyone <laughs> yeah. can can do a twist like that, but he shoots it like, like yeah. every time the face is obscured, it's like okay, she's she's bent over forwards. Of course, her long hair falls into her face. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's like and really there's not a revelation suppo- scene where we see no. the scene again, and then we see her face and we go, ah, aha. It yeah, it yeah, her all along. Ah. The ah. And then we like you see we her
1: shooting that. the like, AI guy or everything. Like you could have you could have a movie where everything like that happens, like, oh, and here's the shot, and then she turns around, but she lets Michael Douglas live, and everything's like, Oh my god, will he survive in the end? Blah, blah, blah. You, you get silly, like maybe she's, maybe it's just a big yeah. coincidence. That, and that's uh, why name... I
0: think, because this is often an argument for why this movie is sexist or, or misogynist, because that yeah, okay, 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 but she's bisexual and she's the evil killer. So the movie wants to show uh, bisexuals are all bad. But again, I would argue the movie doesn't actually. It makes us believe that maybe, and I'm sure I—that's I, a, a absolutely valid interpretation of what of these the things we see. But the movie does not really show us that. No, not no, explicitly. It, it offers we... us two possibilities, and it's up to us what we do with that. And yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the two possibilities are either she is the bisexual killer or Beth is the bisexual killer. So I mean, <laughs> but even yeah, I would from... say just to from that to to say, oh, the movie says bisexuality is bad. I think is a is a bit of a stretch i would argue. i
1: mean i mean you could even go the other route and say like maybe if like let's say beth is the killer the bisexual yes. beth is the killer the movie never implies it's because she is bisexual
0: you no could, exactly uh,
1: for me i mean like I'm, I'm hetero so i won't say like oh i know yeah, everything yeah, and i know yeah, how people but feel, i agree I guess, already so <laughs> please take this take this with a grain of salt but i would even say that if you take the theory like beth is the killer that it's even more like because men oppress her because yes, society doesn't yes. let her be how she wants to be that she is driven to kill, which yes. like is a bit of a fucked up argument Yeah, sure. So like like when, when she confesses to Dumb that she had a night with uh, Tremel, and he's like, why why didn't you tell it uh, at uh, at this meeting? And he's like, what am I suppo- what I, I'm supposed to tell a room full of men that me who's not gay slept with a woman? Like, it's, it's it's completely not a possibility, but maybe... And I mean,
0: a... wait, and I wait, wait, he's wait. sleeping with her, and he's not telling anyone, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: but, but like, if if there was an accepting society which is like, okay, listen, people, uh, I had a night with her, and I know her from university, and blah, 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 yeah. and yeah, so, blah, blah, and everyone's like, okay, so maybe you shouldn't work too close to the case, because, like, th- this is the one thing about this film, like, nobody gives a shit about stuff, like, oh, maybe this person is too involved. <laughs> like, yes, why is the yes. is a, is a psych, psychologist who's sleeping with Douglas evaluating him? Like, everyone knows the department, even the AI guy, uh, the yes. AI guy does that. So that's one thing where I was like, maybe I should have thought about that thing one second more, but it doesn't hurt <laughs> the movie. If like, Going back to the bisexual equals bad. I, I, and even if Catherine is the killer, I don't think that, because it's not your bisexuality that makes her no. No, she is the killer. And she she did. She had this planned out and everything. It's not because of that. It's not because she sees some unjust world which she has to kill to fulfill something. No, it's because she knows what she wants. And sometimes people are just useful for her. I mean, but that the- that, that that's for men and women equally.
0: I mean, but, the, I would argue the only motivation she would have if she actually was the killer was to see what she can get away with because she's so clever and so in control. Because we wouldn't have any other reason why we should why she would do what she's doing, right? Um, and
1: and if you if you if you think about that further, like who does she um, like have has as friends? Hazel or Roxy? Both people who have killed with Catherine. Are honest about it. Talk about yes. it with her. Yes. How does Nick react when she confronts him about shooting those tourists? Well, you're yes. on coke? It's like, no, they came in a line of fire. It was a drug bust gone wrong. No, no, yeah. no. Like,
0: like, like I said in the beginning, he does not deal with his mistakes at all. No, right? Of course not. He does not want to take no. responsibility.
1: She confronts him. And you can imagine like she talked to Hazel or Roxy like that. And they were like, yeah, I did it. I don't know what happened, but whatever. And he's like, oh, no. Uh, a woman is taking control over my over my plot line, so to speak. No, I, I have to back out. Like he's really going for that kiss, but then she's like, and then you, know, that's why your wife killed yourself. And he's like, he cannot face that, so he just like yeah. gets angry and pushes yes. her away. I mean, like, of course you get angry if you say like, oh, you did something, your wife killed yourself. Yes, of course you get angry. But that's always Beth. his answer. But it's right. Yeah, right. He's just like, and, and that's like what I find about this this scene where he rapes uh, Beth. Yes. so uh, he just like has to take control in some form because yeah. he just he had wants to dominate yeah he mm-hmm. wants to dominate because he gets uh, he gets shown for by Catherine in the interrogation scene he gets handed his bait in the drive home when she tells him like she lays out like okay this is like that this is like that then he goes to the bar and like the first part is oh i lost control so uh, i need to call my nurse but i cannot exactly. talk about how i lose control. so what do i do i revert back to alcohol so then the internal affairs guys comes he mocks he mocks him he gets violent Beth comes between them let's go she offers him warmth she offers him comfort but what does he yes. do like in the beginning it's like okay it's a bit rough but she seems to be like into that like because it feels more like okay it's still passionate and not violent and then it, like, when I said like it basically turns into rape because she says no she's and he actually says like you you want you want it that way you like it yes like he had to decide over a, a woman's uh, over the sex to yeah. to feel manly again and like when she la- later says like uh, you didn't make love to me or who was I making love to no you weren't making love like even then he's not willing to see what he did and like, he's yeah. like acting like so casually about that. And yeah. this is really, like, this is, like, there was a private. I was like, wow, this guy is such a scumbag. Yes, he is, and, like, he is,
0: that's what I'm saying. I mean,
1: yeah. like, imagine that guy in, like, for example, an uh, uh, Abel Ferrara movie, like, yes. you would have a Harvey Keitel-type bad lieutenant, yes. like, coked up, drinking, uh, killing random people, uh, harassing people, and you could see a version of this character in another movie, where you're really yes. like, oh my god, what, what a rotten character.
0: And... What I think is that the movie is laying that out to us explicitly all the time. Again, yeah. what we we also don't get. We uh, many things we don't get get in this movie. We also not get him breaking down and saying, "Oh, is was so bad what I did back then?" But I have changed. Like he also, this character does not change throughout the movie. No. He is a scumbag. He's a, an irresponsible idiot in the beginning of the movie. And he just becomes more responsible throughout the movie. In a way, he gets worse.
1: Even, even when like Gus is uh, is going, like, listen to yourself. And like, yes. even in, yes. in, the, in the misogynistic way, like, that's her pussy talking. Like, stuff yes. like that. But still, he gets so many warnings from Beth, from Gus. He's just like, no, I'm in the right. I'm in the driver's seat. I know what I'm doing. I have to do this. And, like, let's say his suspicion that Catherine is the killer is right it's it doesn't lead to anything <laughs> it's not, not because like, he, he he that's he, what he, I mean. So, he never figures that out he never figures anything out it's always like like when she says like oh there was like this Laura overman there's no overman what I said Hoberman I was like oh okay I have to shake that up again oh wait I stumbled onto something and it's like <laughs> even better it's like did she just casually mention it? Because that's what I would do. The way you see, like, yes. it's not just Catherine who knows how to manipulate men. And it's not because they like, I mean, as I said before, I'm a, psycho- I'm a psychologist. Um, it's not like you learn stuff to like, it's like people say like, oh, you must know how to manipulate it. It's not what you learn no. in, <laughs> at university. But it even shows like through that, that the movie ascribes to them more uh, capabilities. They, like the now. There's not one like really, like the DA probably has studied law. I guess oh, I hope at least um, he <laughs> doesn't show it for sure. But, That's true. Yes, but like even there they came. And Catherine is really she must be so annoying for men because she's super sexy. She knows what she wants. She's rich, so there can no guy can come and say like oh come here i take care of you she doesn't need anyone to take care no, of no no she has the money she has the house she has the cars she looks super she can choose whatever guy she wants i mean that's, let's face it she, if she chose someone says like hey you want to be my guy everyone's like yes sure and, but then they had to deal with being number two like yes a lot of men cannot deal with the most successful woman on their side and she's so frustrating to the men in this movie and and like I said, the, the, the rape is like just the most vile example of how men try to take control mm-hmm. over women. And like you said before, like, this is such a big theme in this in this movie. Um, yeah. I find it really weird to not see that and just to go for the that's, yeah. sex
0: yeah. and violence.
1: But that's the disadvantage of sex and violence sometimes.
0: That exactly. It can exactly. overshadow
1: even if you use it as wisely as as Robin. because in the in the sex scene between Stone and Doug is like the big yeah yeah that's what I want
0: to get to now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. And I mean this
0: is yes. it's a very explicit scene, right? I mean there's again uh back then there was like all the discussions did they really have sex? How did they do it? What did they use? Did uh, did he use a condom that made it look uh, that had uh, the color of his penis? Like all of these details were in the news back then. I remember yeah. them all too well because people could not imagine having a sex scene that explicit. And now, what I want to talk about is why is the scene even so important? And I think this is important for different reasons. Like we said before, Verhoeven only shows sex if it is relevant for any reason. Yeah. And um, what we do see is that in the beginning, um, it's Douglas' character who is more, um, more in control, maybe, or who's more active. What I noticed this time around is that she barely looks at him.
1: Mm -hmm. So she's Mm -hmm. enjoying
0: what he's doing but she's not really looking at him like there's not a real connection and then of course she takes over yeah she's in control again all the way and i think this scene this way works really well too to show that maybe he like because he believes like oh i'm the seducer now i show her like what i can do and so on and so on yeah and and if you think back now of what we talked about before what he does say is she is the fuck of the century yeah. Right. He does not say, "Oh, I really, I did it. I, I, I showed her what it's like." It's done. He does not say that because, like, he was not in control. Yeah. In the end.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And what I find fascinating is that um, because I remember reading about um, Boys, Boys Don't Cry with Hilary Swank, mm-hmm. um, where I think there was a rating controversy because the MPAA actually told the director um, she cannot have woman going down. On another mm-hmm. woman, or she would get mm-hmm. uh, so for uh, she would not get the R rating, and uh, that made me think that well, like you rarely see men going down on women either. Yes, and this is the rare movie that actually happens, and it's not like oh it's supposed to look really... no it you cannot misread that like even in the in the direction and like how the scene is conceded uh is a um there's there's the female pleasure is there and is uh, yes. is. It's shown and it's not not just like oh how great it must be for the guy to get to fuck Sharon Stone. No. No, it's exactly. Like, it's really it's and it's so again, like how is this misogynistic when when exactly there is made room for that? And even then I don't I don't think he's in control. I think he's in control because she lets him be in control. Yeah. Like, and when it's like it's He feels in control, like you said, but it's because she lets him because she's like, okay, you do your part first, but then I'll do the real
0: stuff. Exactly. And it's only in the beginning when when the roles are uh, reversed and she goes down on him, it's filmed in a completely different way. And we see him looking up and seeing the mirror on the on the uh, on the ceiling so that he realized, oh, wait a second. I'm not in control here. Yeah. Maybe I'm in a situation that I could be killed, right? Yeah. So the scene completely changes at that moment when when the, when the tables are turned. And again, there you see that everything is intentional. This is not just a, a wild sex scene, to have a wild sex scene like Sharon Stone had to do in so many follow-up movies later on. No, yeah. this is all intentional. Yeah. And you see that at that and, moment.
1: And you see it also because Verhoeven is really dedicated to showing as much body as he can from both of them. Like
0: yes. everything
1: he can show without getting the film undistributable, he does. Like, like there's so much of Michael Douglas, I guess at least as Michael Douglas another double of his of his ass there. And you get like in the scene with when he talks with Roxy, you get like an explicit scene where he just like walks from the bed from the bathroom to the bedroom. It's like five seconds just like staring at this naked Michael Douglas from behind. I was like, yes. you don't need that. You it's no. not like furthering the plot. But it's the moment where he can show like, I'm not just like the the, the criticism Game of Thrones often received Like, yeah, it's a sexually open show, but it, they are way, way more interested in showing naked women. And that's true. But Verhoeven actually goes like, no. And here's some male ass for you too to enjoy.
0: And the two moments where we see Sharon Stone outside of the sex scenes, just naked, are both moments when he is stalking yes. her and yes. she is not even aware that he is watching her, so even there, there is a, a reason why we see that. Like this famous first scene where he sees her getting dressed, we never see that she is realizing that he is watching but, her.
1: That she does, because she says, "Like in the car, you're aware I'm yeah. not wearing underwear." But so, like she, she, she does know. But like, in the moment it happens, we said, don't know. Wasn't, yes, exactly, and even though, even if she. Wants to let him. Let's say, like again, no, she's plotting all this. It's still like, like you could say, like, oh, I cannot hear her right. I go a few ways, but in the moment he sees her in the mirror, he should be like, oh, I, I could turn around or no, or he's go moving back. in, but no, like he's, he's
0: getting closer, he's,
1: yeah. And then when he sees, like, oh, she's coming out, quick to the side, like like the horny teenagers that a lot of watch this movie,
0: and, and same later on when he's like by the second pool time and watches is, her, yeah,
1: yeah it's really like that that's the male the male gaze but the character
0: not the director yeah. who does yeah. it yeah exactly exactly which, would, again, which is what what, go, what is shown when we see michael Douglas naked because there you have like
1: that's a naked body too yeah and like for like for all his uh, like his uh, his wrong reputation for being like oh he's so into sex and violence it's not cause of this like old man director type where you think like okay like there's a horny director and
0: I have Sharon Stone there and famously in Starship Troopers there's the shower scene where everyone is naked and uh, people were upset uh, or people were upset at the set and and, then he and the uh, director of photography got naked too just so that everyone was on the same level and he said he wanted just wanted to have that scene scene which he wanted to have in RoboCup already to have a shower room where everyone is equal so I think like he could easily just have shown women naked, but he he always shows everyone. <laughs> yeah. And when I look at the parent's guide, uh, I just wanted to quote a little bit from that because it's, sometimes it's funny. Uh, for example, uh, the second line uh, is, the body of a deceased, fully nude man <laughs> is seen on a bed covered in blood. Okay, and then it goes on. His penis is fully visible for around 10 seconds. I love the idea of someone counting how many seconds you see the penis of this (laughs) dead man in the beginning and saying oh this is too long and and of course and this in a way goes back to what we just talked about in most movies you would not see that right you would see the sheets just lying perfectly over this part of the body right but right in the beginning it's just in the background but still it's there for yeah, because
1: seconds. again, it's not for shock value. It's just like, no. Well, a guy was killed during sex, so of course he's naked in bed. So no one would like would go like, oh, just like cover up his penis because it would mess up the crime scene. Yes. Yeah. But, but that stuff I find so fascinating. Where people are like, oh, this is this is not okay. But like, what? Why? Why?
0: Okay, I read you the <laughs> description of the sex scene between Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone that we talked about. It okay. goes like this. A nude man and woman have sex in bed. We see the woman's bare buttocks in a mirror above the bed. The woman writes the man briefly as they both moan pleasurably. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, that's the detail
0: they add. They moan, oh no. The woman's (laughs) bare breasts and buttocks are visible for most of the scene. The scene lasts about three minutes and realistically depicts intercourse.
1: But you see that moaning, that's where you get that sensuality from. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, good point. Exactly, it's just too sensual. (laughs) i found it funny because uh, when you said it i just remembered that uh because i watch it with subtitles um there's like also like um uh sensual moaning or something like that it's like yes, because it's yes. the, the english ones for hard of hearing and so they have like the subtitle that also it's like really like ah huh, it's an interesting description but it's like yes uh, i mean like this this all these parents guy like uh, like sometimes for fun but I can't imagine watch, uh, checking IMDb if I could show my kid a movie <laughs> because I was like, maybe I should check that out myself first. I mean, I did goodness.
0: that once or twice with like kids' movies to, just to see because like when your kids are at a certain age and they get easily scared, I just check that because then you get an idea if there's a scene that could be too scary. Yeah, but- okay. Yeah. But, like, yeah, with a yeah. movie, like, Basic Instinct, like, what's the point? Like, if you know anything about movies and about this movie, you know if you can show it to your kids or not. You don't have to read through this nonsense to say, oh, well, well they moan. Oh, no, okay, then then <laughs> I don't show it. That's, Everything that's, else is okay.
1: That's, that's the weird stuff. Like, if there's, like, okay, there's there's nudity involved, you can see breasts, you can see buttocks. Okay, like, I get it. Like, they moan pleasurably. Like What should they do? Like, be yeah, silent? Exactly. Like, watch just stare at each other? Like, Okay, we're not making a sound. This is
0: weird. Uh, no. I mean, like, I have, how I, do you, like... <laughs> I have picked up my <laughs> title for this podcast on purpose because I, I find it absurd, but I also find it fascinating because it tells you so much about how we as a society deal with sex and violence, that we have this parent's guide and that people write stuff like that, uh, and, and And I think it's just fascinating to discuss what's actually going on. And I mean, I think what we have done now pretty successfully and uh, extensively is to show (laughs) that the sex and violence in this movie has a clear purpose from the beginning to the very, very end. I want to talk about the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we maybe slowly can wrap up this discussion, <laughs> uh, because I, I um, also love the last, uh, the final scene between Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. You know, everything is over. He has killed his ex-girlfriend, so he doesn't have to worry about her anymore. Um, she's framed as the killer, or she was the killer. Again, I accept the ambiguity here. <laughs> and uh, they just had sex. Uh, again, we see that uh, briefly. I would say not as explicitly as before, and then he says to her something that he has in his mind throughout the movie he says oh how about we uh, i don't have the line in front of him right now uh, uh and he basically uh, says let's have kids raise some regrets he basically says let's settle down yes let let you become uh you should become a mother and a wife and that's our future and this is the moment where she starts grabbing down yes to the ice pick and then he corrects himself and says okay let's 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 scratch that part so what he wants to do of course is to dominate her once again and once she hears that she's like oh wait a second do you really think you can dominate me you can control me no 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 we can have sex that's fine but that's all that that's it once you get other ideas I feel like i could take you out if i wanted to and i think that's also the symbol of that, that this, maybe this is the the iceberg is just a symbol for that if you wanted to right that she could take control if she wanted to
1: and, but because she, she doesn't have to show she doesn't have to uh, like let's say it's just symbolic we don't know it's down there like of course you are guessing like oh why is she reaching down the bed why is that Hmm. and then yeah but she doesn't say like i'm not agreeing with that she's just like i don't like rugrats and you can see that maybe he accepted in some way that she has control that she's he's directly okay so we fuck like minks scrap the rugrats and then happily ever after. So he she she doesn't even say like, oh, I cannot imagine. Oh no, don't put this on me. She's just like, I don't like that. And he's directly following suits. Like, okay, we scratch that. So in some shape or form, he has he has succumbed to her control. Yes, of course, exactly.
0: And like, I think this is I would argue it's the, the only time in the movie where she sounds annoyed, yeah right? because because she always gets what she wants when he says that the way she looks at him, she's like, "What are you talking about? No, like this is not what we are, what I want from you or what you get from me. Yeah. And that's that's why I love this scene so much because for the first time you see that she uh, that she that, you, that, that just is not how the game is played with her. that doesn't work. You cannot dominate yeah. her.
1: And even, even that whole line, it's not something that, like, again, going back to how he isn't in control, it's not even his idea. It's what Gus says to
0: him in the yes, diner. exactly, exactly. And he says, yeah. like,
1: you're not going to, Yes, etc. etc. And then he uses it, like, when he is, like, oh, maybe the book ends differently. We could, uh, it could end like that. And then he tries to make his book ending, so to speak, uh, to the real ending. But no, 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 not with her. Yeah. But even then, he has no, not the, not the agency. No, she
0: has. I think, I think the last scene fits perfectly into the, into uh, the reading of the movie that we kind of established here. And I think that's why, I, why it just shows how this movie is uh, thought out from beginning to end. Because this last scene, again, just reinforces everything the movie tries to say again and again and again and again. And, again. and maybe one last thing before we, uh, because I don't want to ignore uh, the, the accusations uh, of the, Uh, of of roxy and a bisexual character uh, within the movie and i just want to talk about that um whenever there's criticism of bisexuality or homosexuality it only comes from him it only comes from nick like he makes fun of Mm -hmm. her all the time whenever he sees roxy and he says oh from man to man and he calls her rocky on, on purpose but it's only him right? Yeah. Whenever we see Roxy and Catherine together, they seem fine. They seem to to get along. You know, we don't yeah. see any behavior that seems weird or out of place or anything. They seem to be in love. That's all we see. Like the movie does not show anything about their relationship that, that would show bisexuality in a negative way. It's only him that sees that because he feels threatened, of course.
1: Yeah. And if you like the, the reading I took, like if Beth is the killer and you could you could argue that the reaction of society to her being bi is driving her. Mm-hmm. You can also say the same for for Roxy, because she is not in any way established. As, of course, the movie hands her the she killed her uh, brothers when she was young, which doesn't help the case for, for her. Um, but fits the mode of Catherine only surrounding herself with people who have killed, which is also yes. true for Nick, which somehow doesn't get criticized. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> But she's not evil or anything. She is just being, like you said, mistreated badly mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Nick, mm-hmm. being called yeah. man to man, and he takes and he takes pleasure in that. Yes, I mean, she comes into the bathroom, and okay, he realizes she watched him. But he's not about to, like, maybe cover himself up a bit. It's really like, oh, uh, she's the fuck of the century. And I did it. And look at me. You could, but this is maybe a bit reaching. You could also read this as a critique of male homophobia. Of course. Maybe, let's say, desperate acts of of people like Roxy are not driven by them being homosexual or or bisexual but are driven by the society that, that threatens them. Which makes it so interesting that the movie's production, like you said, was already plagued with uh, demonstrations, which I think is probably only the case, or it could only have been the case this strong in San Francisco, which, yes. at, least, yes. at least from my knowledge, has one of the strongest queer communities in the US, yes. like historically even, True. like with
0: uh, Harvey Milk, etc. So and, maybe that played and, a part... And of, of course it, they are worried about, about another makes, movie... That depicts homosexuality yes. in a bad way, right? Because that's what happened in most movies. But yeah. I, I would still argue the movie doesn't actually do that.
1: But I can understand this more in 1992. Yes. You know, like when when you had thousands of people dying from AIDS because government said like, oh, it's only gays, so why do we care? And uh, when and, you live and, in, a, in a surrounding like that, that this feels more threatening than maybe today where people will say like, okay, we have like not enough but now we have more positive characters which are bisexual, asexual, uh, homosexual, uh, trans, as I said still not enough but there's an, another landscape in movies and tv now than in 1992 where I can see this going over worse because it's just a not, it seem, or it seems like just another example of oh the the the, the queer character is the killer like if you think about the uh, dress to kill, which as a movie itself is great by the yes. power, but ah yeah, this yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, that reading still. is not not a fun one. Like in that it, vein, you know, that's eight years between those movies. So I can see people getting upset back then. of course, I can of course. Like, a bit better than what people today, like like today are still reading it like that.
0: But <laughs> again, I, I don't think the movie is homophobic in any way. Again, no, I, I can understand I'm the not, worry. But people are it. still saying that about basic instinct, even now. Although you can read see it and watch it and see that it's not the case. And then you have a movie like Ace Ventura, and I have to put that out there again, which came out two years later, which features some of the most transphobic scenes I've ever seen. Like when when he... like gets upset that he has kissed a woman who actually is trans who's actually a man and we see like there's a whole montage of him like cleaning his mouth and getting sick and so on and it goes throughout like this movie is transphobic from beginning to end and no one is talking about that i mean some people are but not many (laughs) no one would say you should you shouldn't show that movie anymore or it should be protested or anything right it's so it's so despicable yeah, and in sorry. comparison, like if I see that and that's just one example, like the 90s were so full of homophobic movies and jokes and transphobic movies and jokes like all the time everywhere. And then to pick this one movie that depicts bisexuality actually in a good way, I would argue. And yes, maybe one of the bisexual people is a killer, but that is the reason that we that we that we fight this movie so much. This yeah. is something that really is is hard for me to understand.
1: For for me it's back to the surface that we're reading yeah. of the film. It's 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 like oh the bi like following their thread, the bisexual is the killer, the movie is like I, I never follow interpretations like if uh like if it's just like because the gay, the black, the yeah. Latin character does something bad, the movie is against or the movie shows violence against women, it's mis- misogynistic. I think that's that's just like oh yeah. Of course, you can read it that way. On a case-by-case basis,
0: (laughs) I agree. I I agree. Yeah, but of course, I do think if you put it in historical context, of course, I do see the criticism a little bit. But
1: but if you just read the surface and say like, okay, character X has trade Y and does Z, so that equals this. But like you said the bisexuality or homosexuality of roxy which i think she is she reads more like homosexual from the context yes um it's not ne- it's not ne- like she even goes so far as to accept catherine's bisexuality and mm-hmm. because catherine likes it that roxy watches she does it even though you feel like she's not that comfortable with it mm-hmm. uh, yeah, or at true. least maybe not with nick which could also be possible because he's a scumbag. Um, I mean, maybe and she's just jealous, she's, you know? <laughs> yeah, which is okay. People get, je- heroes get jealous too a lot. I mean, let's look at Nick. I
0: mean, Nick gets jealous, so jealous, <laughs> I mean, right so away. jealous of
1: Roxy that he has to degrade her all the time. Exactly. But some people just say like, "Oh, the bi character does this," so the movie is against bi characters. And um, yeah, I don't know. I
0: find it hard with that. Yeah, me, but, me too. But again, I think this movie won't change that this movie uh, should get uh, an uh, re-evaluation and, uh, to, to be seen as the really powerful, progressive masterpiece it is. But <laughs> well, maybe
1: listening two hours to us raving about yeah. it, they will. I'm sure two we'll else. do it. These we solution. will manage it.
0: <laughs> okay, I think we discussed, I mean, um, we could go into more, but I think we discussed uh, a lot of the most important scenes in this movie and the sex and violence in this movie, so... Um, I would uh, say we get to our uh, to the final segment, and I have a couple of uh, questions for you that you can try to answer. For example, could you imagine that this movie could work at a different rating? So could you imagine this movie being more explicit or being less explicit and still working to try to achieve a different rating?
1: Less explicit, no. I like you could lose some of the blood. OK, but I think especially in the US, the sex would always get you the R rating uh, or even like like the, the version we have now on Blu-ray, DVD, whatever is the unrated. And for cinemas, it had to be a bit like I think Fobin said he changed some shots uh, to get the R rating. If you want to tell this story with the impact it's supposed mm-hmm. to have, you have to have at least the sex. You could tone mm-hmm. down the violence. I could go with that, but that wouldn't change the rating. And a more extreme version would turn into exactly what it's uh, what it's accused of being. Like just <laughs> yes. being there for sex and violence, just for show. And that's just not the movie that we both watch today. So I think this is a case where it's just the right amount of sex and violence. Uh, yes, yeah, so I no, completely no, agree. And no higher or lesser
0: rating. I could also me. not imagine. There is apparently a TV version that Verhoeven prepared himself. Where he uh, used different shots uh, that he had used or that he filmed but didn't use in the in the final cut uh, to make a TV version. I can't imagine what this looks like, and uh, there were differences between the European release and the US release. Actually, when the movie came out, huh. uh, I just want to I just want to give you what the changes were because it, it does okay. always again shows you what's going on. Uh, the first is you don't see so much stabbing in the beginning. In the opening scene, so there's less stabbing, so a little bit of a violence cut in Europe or US? Yes. In the US, you there, ah, all okay. of this was cut. The European release okay. was basically uncut, as okay. it often is. And uh, the, the rape scene between Nick and Rape is also cut. Um, for example, we don't see uh, that he pulls down his pants and that he um, seems to orgasm. That uh, seems all to be cut in the US version, in the original US version, mm. which I also find interesting. And what is also cut, of course, is that uh, he is going down on Catherine in their of sex course. scene.
1: Just, just like I mentioned, that's yeah. not you can't yeah. do that. If if you want to have a look at some of the differences for the TV version, I just remember on the at least on the DVD, I guess, hope on the Blu-ray 4K too, there is an extra where at least some of the the changes are presented because like also ah, interesting,
0: interesting, changes. yeah, they
1: saying fucking everything so often. So they had to like read up uh, Sharon Stone's dialogue a lot. Um, yeah. And there's like a four minute thing where it just like show like how they switch dialogue. And so if you have that disc, uh, search that feature out, it's pretty interesting.
0: I mean, the parent's guide of course also lists that it has uh, 33 efforts and so on and so on, but it also adds, I want to just quote that one more time. Uh, so it, it mentions how many times everything is used and then it says, but the language never gets persistent or pervasive. Ah, oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> I,
1: I just find it so fascinating that people sit there and count words. It's just like, I I, I don't like, uh, you know, the the, uh, the tidbit about Truffaut who said, like, uh, he always uh, tried to watch uh, The Lady Vanishes by Hitchcock to see how it's done, so, like, to see how Hitchcock mm-hmm. made it this well. But he always gets lost in the movie and never manages to watch it like that. He always, <laughs> just, like, in the end, is like, ah, damn, I just watched the movie. For the excitement again. Just <laughs> yes. like, I, I cannot oh, you sit there like, okay, I have my notepad. Here I am. All right, fuck. Here is shit. And here's maybe asshole. And now let's count it. I, I don't know how
0: you do that. Just to make this more baffling for you, right? It says 33 F-words, 8 scatological terms, 8 anatomical terms, 1 mild, <laughs> 15 mild obscenities, 10 religious profanities, and 4 religious exclamations. It's like, yeah, it's... Like, what's a,
1: what's a mild... Uh, Okay, that's
0: it. Yeah, I also, I mean, I anatomical terms is also so absurd, right? Are they talking about hands or, you know, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe it's when she talks about yeah. hands. Is that mild? I don't know. Yeah. It's anatomical yeah. for sure. Ah, it's crazy, uh. but this is why we're doing this. Uh, okay. Finally, my final <laughs> segment is, um, yes. um, I, and again, um, I'm still in the uh, in the early stages of this podcast, so maybe this is something I will uh, take out in later episodes if it doesn't work, but we'll try. Uh, we're That's trying right. to give this movie a sex and violence rating because we talked about rating so much. So I have four categories and I want you to rank those categories from one to 10. Okay. So, and it's always about the sex and violence together. Because otherwise, it gets too complicated. So, okay. how would you rank the sex and violence in its explicitness? How explicit would you say is the sex and violence in this movie on a scale from one to 10?
1: Okay, I'm trying to cross reference with other films in my mind now. And again, um, this is very scientific, of course. So, um... yes, yes, of course. So, I'm like like a database in my mind, it's like
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reference in every movie there is. But I mean, I we basically say... are creating a database here with this podcast yes. by doing yes. this.
1: I kind of want to chicken out and say like seven overall and eight for Hollywood, but I'm <laughs> going to go with the eight because I... I want to see it. It's a Hollywood production, so I'm, like, I'm not going to compare it to In the Realm of the Senses, which is just like yeah, exactly. something else. Exactly. But like as Hollywood goes, uh, yes, it's pretty explicit. Like yeah. violence, okay, there are a lot of horror movies which are more explicit, but the sex and the way the sex is shot, like like he, him going down on her. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Comparatively, explicit, right?
0: it is rather explicit. Yeah. It could be more explicit. There are examples for more yeah. explicit movies, but they are rare, to be fair. So I think eight actually fits. Um, OK, how intense would you say is the sex and violence? I would go to a nine, actually, because I would agree. The opening scene because... alone, I think, justifies that. Yeah.
1: And I like the, the thing that keeps me from 10 is actually, again, the violence, because I think the sex is mm-hmm. very intensely filmed, but the violence leaves some, well, I think not something to do with that is uh, so wrong phrasing, but like, there could be more intense, actually.
0: Yes. Like, I mean, not, there just isn't that much present. violence. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that what's there is there. And
0: but yeah, now I think feels pretty uh, right for me yeah that that okay i would go with that and also something we haven't mentioned yet but i mean we don't see that many, we have some sex scenes, but of course, like the dialogue is like, it, it, in, in a way, yeah. it's like everyone is talking about sex, like for two hours, in a way, yeah. right? So I yeah. think that, and, that leads to more intensity, which is why the interrogation scene is so powerful, in a yes. way. Okay, how integral or how much connected would you say is sex and violence to the themes the movie tries to employ? Mm, let's see, after everything we discussed, it can only be uh, 10. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a clear ten. If anything, it, this movie has a ten. It, it does not work without it, like
1: we like we said, and because Verhoeven does it with purpose, that's why this is a ten. It wouldn't like it wouldn't work if it's if you just had like these behind the veil some vague movements of two bodies. No, it it, no, it has no. to be this this integral to the story.
0: And now we have to turn the scale around and uh, you have to tell me, uh, would you recommend this movie for children? And uh, <laughs> after everything we talked about, uh, so one would be a yes, recommend. Ten would be no, well, not recommended for children. Where do we
1: draw the, the line for children? <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> that's up to you. That's up to the scientist that you are right now.
1: Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with children being aged under 12 which i think is relatively fair for kids hitting puberty nowadays i think um so i have like 10 years before that happens with my son i guess for kids uh, one was the lowest right i cannot choose zero because yes. then i get then i take yeah. one we're we are creating a parents movie.
0: guide here so yes. of course it has, so it has not, a high rating you cannot show it to children basically okay
1: so it has, it has a w- one on the don't please don't show it to your kids uh wait till they have an understanding of sex and violence and make sure they can deal with it and uh maybe if it's a horny teenager maybe talk to him about there's more than a naked chair and stone in there but no it's not suitable for kids at all
0: <laughs> so is it like a 10 not recommended okay 10 is
1: not recommended yeah, yeah, right. because you need so, a sorry, high uh, rating to show uh, that yes, it's dangerous 10. basically then again, a high number for basic instincts, uh, consistently ranking in the high numbers. Yes, ten, not for children.
0: Okay, so that gives us. I don't, I us, don't uh, see a child where. It gives us a rating of uh, thirty-seven out of forty, which is pretty high, which I don't find surprising, <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, fits for that movie. Okay, I, is there? I would be ex- is there anything? I, I would be ex- yeah,
1: I would be excited if someone would say like it's very integral to plot ins- uh, to the plot, but I would recommend it to children. <laughs> that would be really fascinating. A film that I would want to see. That, but
0: well, maybe I mean, it can be and integral to the. It can be integral to the plot without being very I mean, explicit.
1: Yes, ex- right, right. If it's not that explicit, if you hmm.
0: if you go okay, back to okay, Lion okay, yeah. King, right? I mean, the hmm. death of Mufasa is pretty integral to the plot. It's not very yeah, explicit. Yeah. It is intense though. It is intense. Yeah. All right. I see. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I like the questions. I'm, I, I'm voting for keeping them. Okay. Yeah. I, I, to... it, again, it's, it's the <laughs> second podcast. time I'm doing that.
0: And I think it works better than I expected. So uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Is there anything you feel we have uh, we have missed or we haven't talked about? Um, I
1: think there's a lot we could talk about, but <laughs> I think also that maybe some people say like maybe two hours is enough, even with some editing. Watch the film and watch it, like watch it. Not not. Uh, don't don't go in it like okay yeah it's it's a horny sexy thriller from the '90s which. Was a genre back then? I mean, just uh, just followed out here on his Instagram and see that there's a, a lot of that in the '90s, uh, like uh, like sliver. I guess you have coming up at some point. Um, but um, no, this is this is a a very good thriller. Um, also, it's one of the best Hitchcock movies he never made himself. Um, I mean, San Francisco and And, Vertigo uh, have to come to mind. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I was just thinking today, like, the only other director that could have pulled this off, but it would have been more sleazy, would be the Palmer. Um, But that would have been a more sleazy version, which sometimes has its charms Mm -hmm. with the Palmer, but, like, in Dress to Kill sometimes has its negative uh, side effects, too. No, but just watch the film and like if you haven't and you haven't heard all the way here you don't have to be like oh what's happening so now you can focus on what is what is being told and um, yeah just don't don't just write it off as a horny thriller with, no. because it's it's like the it's like up there and then the rest of those copycats are way down
0: Okay. Yes. I would. uh, Yeah. Again, I agree. I love this movie. I recommend it. Uh, It's, it's, I, again, I, I'm, I'm not shy from, from saying uh, this is a masterpiece. I think this is a really absolutely brilliant movie, especially when it comes to what it has to say about men and women. Um, So yes, check it out. Okay.
1: and, And to have this run by Verhoeven from, from Robocop to Total Recall to Basic Instinct to Starship Troopers, Wow, what a way to use the Hollywood system!
0: And uh, by now, I have—I I mentioned that on my Instagram. I've turned to the other side. I would also include Showgirls uh, for that.
1: I would have to rewatch that one. I have yeah. seen that as again. I had to
0: rewatch it like two times, and and suddenly <laughs> I was like, "Oh wait, I see it now. Yes, he's doing it again." And I think actually, Showgirls fits into that. He's doing something very similar. Uh, where guess also that could men come up are. Podcast guide. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it would be very interesting to talk about that again. He makes it more difficult in show worlds, for sure. I think uh, to accept mm-hmm. that, but I think it's it's there all the way, just the same. <laughs> okay. I,
1: I, I have, Anything you want to plug? Um, just if you want to, you can follow my Instagram. It's uh, Karim at the movies. It's K R I M, then at the movies with underscores. I think that's more complicated than having it one word, but that's how I chose
0: it, so I live with it. Yeah, now. I will add your yeah name to the to the show notes mm-hmm. so that everyone can Thanks. check it out. Yeah,
1: so I do short movie reviews, I show some of my newly acquired movies, which I think, like, earlier I was getting a lot of likes with that, and now it's more like with the reviews, but I kind of stick to my schedule, of because eh, I like to show this stuff off, because I also like the physical side of the, of the movies, yeah, but that's, like, the only thing, and um, I don't do much online otherwise, because that's time-consuming enough in my life as it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, then thank you very much for this very in-depth and interesting discussion and I'm, I'd be happy to have you back sometime. Thank you. i uh, will be happy to be back again.
1: We, also have, we already have some ideas which could we have uh, ideas. To play. Yes. <laughs>
0: okay, then uh, we're done for now. Goodbye. All right. Bye. And next week, we are going to discuss a movie from the other end of the spectrum, Woody Allen's Mighty Aphrodite. I really
1: think it was so special. I told her, I thought it was the fuck of the century. Well, what do you think? I
0: thought it was a pretty good beginning.